Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. Call InventHelp today for free information. InventHelp can submit your invention to companies who are interested in receiving new ideas. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-3719. That's 1-800-352-3719. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. And by now, you know my name, right? Vincent Hill. You know the show, right? Beyond the Badge. You know why you know it? Because it's official. Beyond the Badge. With Vincent Hill has been on the air for one year. I've been on Radio Influence one year. One year ago, Jerry came to me with this idea of bringing me on to RadioInfluence.com. I said, hey, I got an idea. Let's talk about the top police cases affecting the country, right? Because he had seen me do it on CNN. He had seen me do it on HLN. He had seen me do it on Fox. And we just put this crazy idea together that, hey, we can have a show and we could call it Beyond the Badge. And it will give listeners a POV of a police officer so they could go beyond what they see in the media when listening and watching these police cases. And I got to say, I'm very thankful, I'm very humble that the show has grown to what it is today. 18,000 plus listeners. To some that sounds small, but to me, hey, that's a big step from day one. 18,000 strong I appreciate everyone that has ever listened to this show. I appreciate Radio Influence for having the trust and the faith in me to be on their programming. And I assure you, 2017 will be much bigger, much better, bigger cases, more in-depth. You just wait. 2017 right around the corner. And speaking of 2017, it literally is just around the corner, right? Because if... My calendar's right. We're five days away from Christmas. Five days away. And for me, that means I'm three days away for going from going on my cruise. And man, I tell you, I, I cannot wait. I'm sending my son to his mother on Thursday. I'm getting on a plane Thursday. And man, it, it, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait. Long, much needed vacation. I'm only there for a few days, but hey, any downtime is good time, right? But with that said, I want to wish everyone a very merry, merry Christmas and a happy, happy and prosperous New Year 2017 just around the corner. I have big things planned, and I always say, and I said it on my Facebook a couple of weeks ago, if you're not asking yourself what's next, there's a problem, because that means you're complacent. In life, you're complacent with your job, you're complacent with your relationship, you're complacent 
with your marriage. You're complacent with your life in general. And that is not a place anyone should ever, ever, ever be. No matter how much money you make, no matter what you think you have going for you, if you're complacent, you're in a bad spot. So I always ask myself, what's next? And I got to tell you, 2017, there's some big things that I got in the back of my mind written down on paper that I'm going to bring into existence in 2017. And hey, 2020 is just around the corner and I got pretty exciting and big news to announce for what I plan on doing in 2020. But if you're halfway a smart person and you know around what time things happen, you'll know what 2020 means. But I can't speak on it just yet, but big things coming out of that. I can probably officially say something towards the end of 2017 and maybe in the 2018. But hey, I'm always thinking ahead because I never want to be in that place where I'm not asking myself, what's next? And speaking of what's next, let's talk about what else is new, right? So I want to talk about two things tonight. One happened in Baltimore. And we know about Baltimore and its history and how we were in 2015 with the riots and the whole Freddie Gray situation. And then I want to talk about Chicago and we know where we were with Chicago, right? So this past week, I believe last uh, Thursday, correction, last Tuesday on the uh, 13th, there was an officer involved shooting. Now, we already can surmise that, especially since I'm talking about the case, that the suspect, the individual that was shot by police, was black. And I'll tell you why I call him a suspect here in just a minute. They, the department, it's actually Copen State University Police, which is inside Baltimore, which is why Baltimore police are uh, investigating the case. The individual... Uh, that was shot was 18-year-old Lamar Montre Douglas. I'm sorry, LaVar Montre Douglas. So it happened last Tuesday. This past Friday, Baltimore police have already released the video, of course, because everybody is always up in arms about seeing the video. We got to see the video because cops are racist, and they just go around and shoot black people. So we need the video to prove it. Well, let's break down what happened. This university police officer in an unmarked car, driving around, minding his own business, happens to make a right-hand turn onto a street. There's a car stopped in the middle of the street. The passenger of said car jumps out of his vehicle, runs past the unmarked car into the intersection, and begins, begins to fire at another vehicle. And when I say fire, he had a gun in his hand. You can see it on the video. He pulls the trigger a few times and attempts to run back to the car he got out of. The only problem is the officer in the unmarked car, you know, sworn to protect and serve. And he had just witnessed a felony act as in aggravated assault or attempted murder. However, you want to charge it in court. And the individual was fleeing back to the car to escape. 
So you have accident circumstances, hot pursuit, all that legal mumble jumbo that lawyers talk about. The officer exited his vehicle, I'm sure gave a command of, hey, drop the gun, and proceeded to fire and shoot and kill 18-year-old Mr. Douglas. Now, there's video of what happened. The officer was well within his right to fire at Mr. Douglas, but this is the city of Baltimore. So, with that said, there's already uproar. There's already whining that the Copen State University has not released the officer's name. But my question to that is, release his name for what? So people can harass him and call him racist? If he's white? So they can say, oh, well, 20 years ago he watched the Dukes of Hazard and they have a rebel flag on their car, so therefore he's racist. Oh, simply because Mr. Douglas was black and he's white, he has to be racist because he could have shot him in the leg. He could have used his taser. He could have used his pepper spray. He could have shot the gun out of his hand, but since he didn't, he's racist, right? Or <laughs> if it's a black officer, and again, the department hasn't released the name. So if it's a black officer, oh, he's a Uncle Tom. Oh, he's one of them. Oh, I thought he was one of us. Oh, he could have shot him in the leg. Oh, he was running away. You're not supposed to shoot him when they're running away. No, he had just committed a felony. Ag assault, attempted murder, and he was fleeing back to the vehicle. Guess what? He wasn't getting in the vehicle so he can call the police and say, hey, you know what? I just shot at somebody. You should come pick me up. He was getting in said vehicle to flee, to get away, right? And God knows what he would have done later that day because it was only at like 6.20 in the evening. God knows what he would have done later that night because he was still armed. Was this a random Shooting that he did, he just decided to randomly pick a car? Or was it someone he knew? Let's say it was random. Okay, he did it at 620. What's to say he won't do it at 720? What's to say he won't do it at 820? What's to say he won't do it to your mother, sister, brother, father, cousin, daughter, son? Because obviously he has no problem just shooting at a random car driving by. Let's switch it for just a second, right? So imagine this. He's shooting at the car. He's a bad shot because he's shooting gangster style, you know, gun pointed sideways. And he totally misses the car, right? But hits a three-year-old or a four-year-old or someone's mom or someone's grandma, someone's grandpa or the minister at the church. Let's just say he hits this innocent bystander. Then what? Is then the officer not supposed to again protect and serve and catch the bad guy because there's an imminent threat of death or bodily injury to someone else? 
the officer did exactly what he was supposed to do. So the whole thing about, oh, they hadn't released his name yet. Why won't they release his name? For what? Does it matter if it's Joe Blow? John Doe? Young Ling Cheng Ho? It doesn't matter what his name is, right? The only thing that matters is the fact that this guy, Mr. Douglas, got out of a vehicle with a handgun, shot at another vehicle, and then attempted to flee. So whatever that officer's name is, I'm going to call him or her Officer Wright because they did the right thing. And of course, we always hear the same thing. Oh, he was such a good boy. Oh, he never did anything to nobody. Yada, 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 yada. Well, in 2015, he was charged with armed robbery. Imagine that. Armed robbery. You know what that means? Doesn't mean he used his arm. Doesn't mean he flexed his muscle. Means he had a gun. He was charged with armed robbery, assault, and unspecified, get this, unspecified gun charges. That was in 2015. He had pending charges where he was going to court January of 2017. So just in a few weeks, he had pending charges for selling the sticky icky, the ooh-wee, the yayo. In other words, he had pending drug charges. So here's a guy that I already know in a couple of weeks, people are going to be saying, oh, he didn't do anything. And there'll be T-shirts and there'll be a memorial of where he died. There'll be little bears and there'll be all of this protest and sit-ins and everything else because he didn't do anything. But the fact is he had a history of using guns. The police officer in this case saw him using a gun and now he is dead because of his use of a gun. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. You get out and point guns at people, people point guns at you. And if it's the police pointing those guns at you, you best believe their intentions are to stop the threat. How many times have I said that? Eliminate the threat, right? The threat is Mr. Douglas has a gun. Mr. Douglas just shot at this car with God knows how many people in it because, of course, the car, guess what? It didn't stop. Kind of like I wouldn't stop if I'm driving and I just, bah, 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 people start shooting at me. I'm not going to stop right away and just say, oh, let me see what's going on. I think somebody's shooting at me. The threat was not even the car that Mr. Douglas got out of. The threat was Mr. Douglas. The threat was the gun he had in his hand. And the officer eliminated the threat in accordance with training based on muscle memory and based on wait for it. Wait for it. Here's why that officer will never, ever, ever, ever see charges based on the law, the imminent threat of death or bodily injury, not just to that officer, but to other individuals. He acted in accordance with the law. So you can protest, you can make t-shirts, you can lie and say he never did anything, he was a good boy. You can write your congressman, 
You can write Obama. You can write the Department of Justice, which I'm sure will be in to investigate now this university police department. You can do all of that stuff. But the fact is, this officer, Officer Wright, remember, because we don't know their name or their sex or their race, Officer Wright did the right thing and acted in accordance with the law. Based on the facts and the evidence in the law. And the law is, the one, is what guides me. And so uh, I am making the decision, which I believe is the appropriate decision. Here. Does that video definitively show that Johnson has a gun in his hand? Not, not the other evidence, but that video. Did the forensics show 100% certainty that he has Well, you, you saw it, and that's why we sent it to get blown up. Because the video of it, in and of itself, you know, it, the video, these dash cam videos, what we've been seeing in these particular cases, you know, they're not... Hollywood quality videos. They're grainy. It's dark. Um, it's blurry. It happens so fast. You you saw it. You watched the original vi video, Paris. Could you tell how quickly? You probably couldn't. And that is what you call a segue. Now, that was actually Anita Alvarez, the Cook County State's Attorney, Chicago, Illinois, for those that don't know Cook County. And remember I just said the law, right? And that's what she said she based her decision on regarding a 2014 shooting. I think I may have talked about it on this show. Again, I've been on the air for a year. Wow, can you believe it? So if I did talk about it, maybe I forgot. But the shooting was in Chicago, 2014, Ronald Johnson III. Uh, police got a call about individuals with a gun. Remember, wow, here's a good concept. Police didn't just show up to this black community because they wanted to. They got a call about individuals with a gun and a possible shooting. They get there. You can hear on the radio, hey, I've got a car with its windows shot out, blah, blah, blah. A few seconds later, you hear the officer key up, give a description of a male black running away from the scene. Now, what she did say in this press conference Anita Alvarez, that dash cam video is grainy. It's dark. It's 2.30 in the morning. You're not, and I've said this on this show, you're not going to have this Hollywood epic video clarity. This is not the iPhone 7 Plus with all kind of gizmo lights and everything else when the sun is perfect and the stars are shining as bright as they can be. This is a dash cam video. That was never really, really made to have clarity and Hollywood production type stuff. But again, most people assume everything that they see from a police standpoint should look just like it does in the movies. So you can see on the dash cam. Ronald Johnson, the third running away, you can see. Flash from a gun, which ends up being this officer's gun. And Mr. Johnson was shot and killed by police. So yesterday in the city of Chicago, they decided not to charge Officer George Hernandez, who's Hispanic, not white, in killing this black man. Because that's how the headlines went, right? Of course, they had to make it racial. They had to say he was a black man. Fact is, police got a call about a possible shooting, about possible suspects with the gun. 
They see Mr. Johnson. He flees. They shoot. They decide not to charge him. Now, of course, everyone is already in an uproar why they didn't charge him. Well, here's the thing. Guess what police found right at his body? Take a wild guess. Think about it. Police got the call about a gun. They didn't find crayons. They didn't find magic markers. They didn't find matchbox cars. They found a gun. And guess how police articulated? In the process of his fleeing, he pointed the gun at police. And just like Anita Alvarez said, it happened fast. Could you tell on the... She even goes on to say, and I didn't want to bore you with the entire clip there, but she even goes on to tell the reporter, could you even tell the officer had a gun? No, you couldn't until you saw the flash. So I guess everyone's mindset is, well, we couldn't see a gun in the video, so we couldn't have had a gun, so they had to have planted it. But she makes a great point. And if you get a chance, if you don't believe me, look for it. Just Google Ronald Johnson the third, and as soon as you put the III, the Roman numeral for three, the word video is going to pop up in the Google search. Watch the video. You can't tell the officer even has a gun in his hand until you see the flash. You don't see this big, shiny object. Again, you don't see this Hollywood Bad Boys 3 Martin Lawrence and Will Smith moment where it's in slow motion and he's posing in his nice suit and he looks so cool and he fires while he's jumping in the air doing a backflip. You don't see all of that. You see three or four seconds of that's how it works in the real world. So I guess again, remember everyone was like, Oh, we need body cam. We need dash cam. We need all of this to prove that the police are racist. We need it. We need it. And guess what? When you get that, when the evidence is clear because there was a gun and to think that officers planted it when there was about 30, 40 people outside immediately that were probably outside watching the whole time. And don't forget, every officer in this country, especially in the city of Chicago, knows that the second they step out of their vehicle, there's 10 cell phone cameras locked in on them watching their every move. So why then would they say, you know what? Man, I know that Joe Blow over here is videotaping me right now. And I know that just about on every corner in Chicago, there's actually a surveillance camera. You know what, man? I'm just going to walk back to my patrol car. I'm going to go get my throwaway gun. I'm going to wipe it down clean. And I'm going to put it right here in the two seconds before anyone can see me do it. Yep, because that's how police roll nowadays, right? Nope, not quite. Let's think logically here, right? So the shooting was two years ago. They just announced yesterday they won't charge the officer. Do you actually think that the only evidence they took into accountability was that video? Mm, no. Don't you actually think that I'm sure they tested that gun 
for DNA. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the DNA that came back on that gun was that of Ronald Johnson III. I might even go out on a limb and say, remember, the officer said, I've got a car with the windows shot out. I'm going to go on a limb and say that the bullets recovered from that car match that gun recovered by Ronald Johnson's body. Now, I'm not in Chicago. I don't know their investigation, but I've done this a time or two to know what police departments look for during an investigation. So my question is, why, again, when people have everything they've asked for, is it another excuse? It's kind of like the Democrats. They lost the election. They cried for a week. Now, all of a sudden, it's the Russians responsible for the election. Because, yep, Vladimir Putin contacted me directly via email, and said, go vote for Donald Trump. Don't vote for Hillary Clinton, right? Vladimir Putin contacted a whole bunch of people, that silent majority, and said, don't vote for Hillary Clinton. Vote for Donald Trump. And then they got into our voting polls, and they just hacked everything, and boom. Now Donald Trump is the president, right? Because everyone has to make an excuse about something. Ronald Johnson had a gun. Oh, they planted it on him. No, no, no. Look at his criminal history. He had a history of guns. Did someone plant those guns on him all of those other times? No. So just this one time that he encounters police and he gets shot and killed, now all of a sudden someone's planting a gun on him? That's ridiculous. It's even more ridiculous, though, to even make that case racial. A Hispanic officer, a black suspect with a gun. A Hispanic officer who I'm sure in his lifetime has dealt with racism and a black suspect with a gun. I don't see the correlation of race racial disparity, wanting to keep the black man down. I don't see any of that. What I do see is this officer doing what he is supposed to do. So, again, just like I mentioned uh, LeVar Douglas shooting at this car who could have hit another child just walking down the street, let's say Ron Johnson III escaped police. Still armed with a gun. And let's say an hour later he decides instead of just shooting out car windows, he's going to go shoot someone's grandmother, someone's grandfather, someone's daughter, someone's son, just because he thinks he's Billy Badass. And just because, well, I just shot out a car, I ran from the police, I'm invincible, and now I'm going to go out and rob and kill someone. Well... That officer did what he's supposed to do. I don't understand why people think it should go any other way than the way it went down. 
There is no other option when you are running from the police with a gun. You take said gun and point at police. Again, probably 20 or 30 people outside. I doubt the police are just going to lie and say, you know what? He was running. He turned around, pointed the gun at me and shot me. All to cover up. He was running. His hands were in his pocket. He was saying, sir, I'm not armed. And I shot him anyway. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. This is not Russia where stuff's being hacked to cause a certain effect. The effect is caused by the suspect's actions. Don't get out of a car and shoot at another car in front of the police, the popo, the man one time, and you won't get shot, killed and killed, right? Don't have a gun, shoot at a car, run from the police, point the gun at police and expect to live, right? You don't do that stuff. You won't end up dead. It's simple math. If you don't do one, you can't add the other one to equal two, right? One plus zero is one. So if you don't do one and involve the other one, the police, then the e equation of death is out of the picture. All right. It's time. It's that time, unfortunately, for roll call and got to add another name to the list. This time it's correctional officer Lisa Molden, Miller County Sheriff's Office, Arkansas. Her end of watch was actually yesterday, Monday, December 19th. And this goes back to all those people that believe unarmed suspects are not a threat. Corrections officer Lisa Molden was killed when she and another officer were attacked by an inmate inside the Miller County Detention Center's kitchen at approximately 1 p.m. The inmate attacked both officers, seriously injuring them. Officer Molden was transported to Wadley Regional Medical Center where she succumbed to her injuries. The other officer was transported to the same hospital where she was admitted as well. Other officers were able to subdue the inmate who attacked them, and he remains in custody. Yeah, so much for unarmed, not being a threat. Uh, I don't have any information of how long she had been with the department there, the sheriff's uh, office, Miller County Sheriff's Office there in Arkansas, but it doesn't matter how long she had been there. It's the fact that she was still protecting and serving even inside a prison that is still protecting and serving. It's tragic how she lost her life. She probably didn't wake up that morning to give her family a kiss, thinking that was going to be her last day on earth. So to her, Godspeed. I thank you for your service. I thank you for your bravery, and I thank you for your dedication. I want to thank you, my loyal listeners, for listening to me Beyond the Badge for the last year. I want to thank RadioInfluence.com for giving me the opportunity to talk to you every week. It means so much to me. I want to wish everyone a very safe and happy and merry Christmas. And I will see you next week. 
to continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy. Want a good laugh? Then go on the beach with Pants and Roller Girl, or just LOL with Nancy Alexander. And when it comes to real life, Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger and Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill will make you think. When it comes to what you want, Radio Influence has you covered. Find our programming on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.